The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Do you know another parent or a soon-to-be parent and expecting mom or dad? Please don't give them another onesie or another toy that you know is going to end up in the garage or at the Goodwill. Give them something that matters. And what matters the most? Protecting your child. What do you love the most in the world? Your children. I do. And I will do anything to protect my twins. Go to crimestopshere.com. It is a five-part series with action information that you can use to change your life and protect your child's life. Payment starting at $6.99. Give that as a gift, not another onesie or a plastic toy. Give them something that matters. Find out how to protect your child out and about at the mall, at the store, at the grocery store, in the parking lot, at home. Find out about protection regarding babysitters and daycare, even online cyber security. Oh, yes, my children are online, and you better bet I'm doing everything within my power to protect them. Payment starting $6.99. I would much rather have that than yet another plastic baby doll or, God forbid, a toy gun. Just what I don't want. Join the Justice Nation. CrimeStopsHere.com. 
Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. We're searching for a 16-year-old girl missing in Mono County, uh, east of Yosemite National Park. Carly Gusey was last seen early Saturday morning in Chalfont, about uh, 14 miles north of Bishop. Authorities say she doesn't have her cell phone or any personal belongings with her and may be disoriented. Police dogs and helicopters have been assisting in the search, but as of last night, they've not been able to locate her. Carly described to be 5'7", 110 pounds with dark blonde hair and blue eyes. Carly, absolutely gorgeous. Please help us now bring Carly home. I'm being joined by a very special guest. Carly's mother is with us. With me is Lindsay. Lindsay Fairly. This is Carly's biological mother, and we have been waiting to speak to her. Also with me, Robin Walensky, Joseph Scott Morgan, Dr. Michelle Dupree, and Dr. Brian Russell. But first to Carly's mother, Miss Fairly, please tell us what you know about the evening. Your gorgeous young girl. You know, I've got a little girl and a little boy about to turn 11. Your little girl, just a couple of years older than that. Tell me about the evening. Your girl mysteriously disappears. Um, the morning I got a call from uh, my ex-husband, Zach, Carly's father. Um, he informed me that she was gone. Just called me up and I didn't have any other answers other than she was gone. And I said, what do you mean she's gone? Tell me what led up to this situation. I have answers that I need answered, questions I need answered. And um, he said, I don't know. She's just gone. And I said, well, can you, did you call everyone to see if you found her? Did you, you know, um, make any calls? Was she with friends? Like I was asking a million questions and he's like, I don't know. She's just gone. She was at a party and she's just gone. Okay. Now I I find that very uh, unusual to just call and say, she's gone. Um, uh, let, Let me understand this. Everyone joining me right now in the search for Carly a, a gorgeous teen California girl missing. Just so you know, the tip line seven six zero nine three two seven five four nine seven six zero nine three two seven five four nine. Her mother is with us right now and asking for your help to bring her daughter home with me, Lindsay Fairley. This is Carly's mom. What was his demeanor? Your he's your ex, your ex husband. What was his demeanor? And was he, was she, Carly, your daughter, with him or supposedly staying at his house at the time she goes missing? Um, she was staying at his house. Um, she had been residing with him for since about 2010. And the reason for that was because I was living in a larger city and I didn't feel comfortable with her going to the schools there and she wasn't comfortable. So I had just said, you know, your friends are in Bishop. We're going to just keep you in the schools up there. And everyone agreed. So that was to kind of close the mind of all these inquiring minds. Like I've always had a relationship with my daughter. We'd never had a an adoption of where Melissa adopted my daughter and she always just, it was an agreement, you know, mutually between Zach and I that she lived there. So she was safe and comfortable around her friends. Uh, Hold on. I I just got to tell you, Lindsay, I made a similar decision 
Uh, I was based in New York for many, many, many years and raised the twins there. And at a certain point, I wanted them to be with their grandparents. And um, it was very, very difficult to start a life going where I go back and forth and back and forth from New York to here and to there to relocate the twins. But as a parent, you do what it's not about you being happy. It's about what is best for your child. And that must have been a very difficult thing to do to let her stay there so she could stay in school there. Everybody, uh, we're, we're talking to Carly's mother, Lindsay Fairley. Now, this is not the stepmother, Melissa. This is the her mother, her biological mom. Okay, so the, the ex-husband calls you and said, and what time of the morning, noon or night, did he call to tell you this? Um, it was about 9, 9.30 my time, 9.15, 9.30 a.m. my time on Saturday morning. How long had she been missing? Um, he, so he claims that um she last time anyone saw her or spoke to her was when Melissa saw her at supposedly 5:30 a.m. and that she was the last one to be sleeping and at 5:30 a.m. when the stepmother sees your daughter where is your daughter Carly at that moment 5:30 a.m. uh he that's when he said she was just gone well prior to that Melissa had said that she was sleeping in bed with her okay so at 5:30 a.m. Yeah. Carly according to the stepmother Melissa is in bed with Melissa at 5:30 a.m. is that correct yes yes okay they ha- do they do they have a burglar alarm on the home no it's a small community, so I'm sure there's no reason for it. All right. So was the door unlocked? Was the door unlocked or open? Did they find the door open? Uh, slightly cracked, they said. Interesting. Um, was there any sign of a forced entry? Nothing that I saw. Okay. I'm, I'm asking you a quick lightning round series of questions. That's- Were Carly's PJs that she was wearing in bed still in the home? Not that I'm aware of. There were a couple items of clothing. What do you mean there were a couple of items of clothing where? Um, On the floor, but not on her bed or anything. I mean, it could have just been a pile of dirty clothes. I'm not sure. Were those clothes there when they went to bed? Um, That I don't know. See, what I'm trying to get at, and uh, Joseph Scott Morgan, forensics expert, what I'm trying to get at, are her PJs missing? Is she... Was she taken out of the home or left the home wearing those PJs? Because that would tell me a lot. Because a teen girl is not just going to traipse off in her PJs, Joe Scott. No, she's not. And is there an indication that she had prepared in any way? Uh, Did she go out out with footwear on? Uh, You know, she's a teenager. Um, She leaves without a cell phone. Uh, you know, which is kind of odd. Uh, well, let's throw leave. the question to Lindsay. Yeah. Lindsay Fairley, Carly's mother, mm-hmm. where she's missing. What about her cell phone? What can you tell me? Um, the cell phone, from what Zach told me, was, was left on the um, kitchen counter where Carly left it. Now, earlier that morning, uh, Carly's boyfriend had also gone over to the house after he got a call that she was missing. And the cell phone he could have swore was next to Carly's bed when he went there. So there had been obvious tampering with the cell phone. Okay, that that's that's very disturbing. Um, 
I want to go straight to Dr. Brian Russell, lawyer, psychologist, host of Investigation Discovery's hit series, Fatal Vows. Dr. Russell, whenever you have this triangle going, there's going to be tension, tension. You've got the biological mom with me right now, Lindsay Fairley, who's trying to bring her daughter home. And I can tell from what she's saying, she's concerned about the way she was called, what she was told, uh, the, the scenario, the timeline, the events. But we have to consider that there is a natural tension between the mother, the father living with the stepmother in a different location with the child. I mean, that would just throw me over the edge. And to hear Lindsay describe how she made the decision to let her daughter stay there in that school district, it's just breaking my heart because she did this to help her daughter, to make her daughter, Carly, happy. You don't just yank up a teen girl out of her school if you don't have to. Dr. Brian, would you agree with that? Well, that's one consideration among many. But what I would say is anytime you have a situation like this, there is apt to be uh, uh, feelings of guilt on the part of both parents about, oh, I shoulda, coulda, woulda. Uh, And and so sometimes what you get is defensiveness, uh, not wanting to necessarily tell uh, about all of the mistakes that he maybe made and not uh, watching her closely enough or whatever. And and maybe, um, you know, maybe for... Uh, you know, the mom, uh, you know, that you, you could feel guilty that, well, if I just would have brought her with me, this wouldn't have happened. And you have to put all that, you have to put all that aside and, and, and give the full truth and give people the benefit of the doubt, but, at, but get asked and demand answers and, and just put all the emotional stuff aside. Well, speaking of asking and demanding answers, while we still have with us Carly's mother, Lindsay, Miss Fairley, is am I correct that the stepmother said she picked Carly up from a party that evening, that Friday night? And can we confirm that? Um, she told me that she picked my daughter up from her boyfriend's um, house around nine thirty. Um, she spoke to me and said that she had called Carly and said, I'm on my way home from Taco Bell. I'm going home. Do you need a ride? Or is your boyfriend Donald giving you a ride? And my daughter said at that moment, she said, I'm just going to get a ride home with Donald. And that was that. Then a few minutes had passed and Melissa called back to my um, daughter, Carly. And at that moment, I guess, no, I'm sorry. Carly called to Melissa. And said, never mind, hurry up, Change it. I changed my mind, come get me, I'm booking it down Dixon Lane, hurry, hurry, I'm scared. Now this is Melissa telling me this, this is the story I received from Melissa. And I said, what, she, what was she scared of? I'm not understanding. They're searching for a 16-year-old girl missing in Mono County, uh, east of Yosemite National Park. Carly Gousset was last seen early Saturday morning in Chalfont, about uh, 14 miles north of Bishop. Authorities say she doesn't have her cell phone or any personal belongings with her and may be disoriented. Police dogs and helicopters have been assisting in the search, but as of last night, they've not been able to locate her. Carly described to be 5'7", 110 pounds with dark blonde hair and blue eyes. Where is Carly Gousset? Tip line 760-932-7549. We are taking your calls 
909-49-CRIME, 909-492-7463, to Bunny in South Korea. Hi, Bunny. You're a long ways away. Thank you for joining us at Crime Stories. What's your question, Bunny? Well, I just want to figure out as much as her mother and everybody does what happened to her and what the timeline is because Melissa has said so many different things as to what happened and has changed her story. So nobody in the public knows exactly where they should be looking or what's going on because she's changed her story so many times. So my question is, what is exactly the timeline that, what area was she in that we can actually look to see if we can find any evidence that she was there? Bunny, that is an excellent question. Bunny calling from South Korea. Let's go straight out to crimeonline.com, investigative reporter, author of Beautiful Life, the CSI behind the Casey Anthony trial and my observations from the courtroom. Robin Walensky with me right now. Let's answer Bunny in South Korea's question, Robin Walensky. Well, apparently she was at this party, but, you know, we don't even know, Nancy, if that's actually factually correct. My my big question about all this is why are they saying that she could be disoriented? Is that because of drugs? Uh, Was she on medication? You know, 16-year-old girls, Nancy, as you know, are, are emotional creatures. We were once 16 years old. Did she have a fight with the boyfriend? Did someone else give her drugs? The allegation that she may have been high. Was it her first time? Well, hold on. Hold on just a moment. Hold on just a moment. I don't have any proof that there were any type, any marijuana, any anything. Because Miss Fairley, her biological mother, Carly's mom says, the stepmother told her that Carly was last in bed with her in her PJs at 5.30 a.m. So... Let me understand something, Robin. Where did all this all this line of uh, factual allegations regarding marijuana even come from? Let, let, and I want to get back through back to the potential timeline that Bunny asked about because I've got two very different stories about what happened that night. Yeah, well, there there is this, there is this uh, situation from the stepmother that says that she was in bed with them. I, I'm just not sure if I buy that, that a 16-year-old at 530 in the morning, 16 years old, and you're in bed with, with your stepmother? I, I'm not sure that, that that makes sense to me, but that's the story that is currently out there. Well, what about this allegation that she was seen walking toward Highway 6 and Shell Fant early Saturday morning, according to the Mono County Sheriff's Office. Where'd that come from? Apparently from the stepmother. But what makes no sense to me about that, Nancy, is if you look at the, geog- the uh, geography of this, that is 14 miles north of Bishop. You can't. She didn't walk there. She's not an Olympic athlete. Who dropped her up? Who's saying that she was actually there? Let me go back to Lindsay Fairley, the bio mom of Missing Curly Goosey. All right, Lindsay, you're closer to it than we are. Can you give me what you believe is the answer to Bunny and South Korea's question, the timeline, because that really is where every case starts. Um, Your concerns are actually just as concerning as my own. I've been hearing about four or five different stories now and um, very, very unsettling with me. Um, I'm very anxious to find my daughter. I've even spoke to my ex-husband about possibilities of, you know, do you think this is possible for Melissa to possibly hurt our child? I asked questions, and his response to me was three deep breaths, and then he says, no, 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 uh-uh, no, and he got defensive, as any normal human being would when you discuss that. 
And uh, I just found it to be rather odd how he immediately called me Saturday morning distraught, but yet he hadn't even called our almost 21-year-old son, Kane, to, to see if my daughter had been to her or to his house. Um, nothing is adding up. You don't call somebody saying somebody's gone if, in fact, they're just out on a walk. You know, if this was normal behavior from my daughter and she's just out on a walk, is it normal behavior that they follow her? Because that's what happened here. Um, what do you mean? Who followed who? Well, apparently they woke up and Melissa said she was missing from the bedroom and that's when she immediately woke up Zach. I got another story that Zach said from Zach personally that Melissa had got up and went out looking for Carly prior to even waking him up. We know that investigators have searched nearby neighborhoods and the desert terrain using helicopters and scent dogs. They have not found any clue. We are also learning, uh, according to her mom, Lindsay Fairley, and according to police and KNBC-TV, that the mom took the hit by letting her daughter go and stay with the dad and the stepmother so she could stay in that school district to be with her friends. With me right now is Carly's mother, and we are begging for your help. To Jen in North Carolina. Hi, Jen. What's your question? So watching this all the way from North Carolina, there has been so much information put out there by the stepmom and everyone helping her. And there's been, there's been, you know, as soon as Lindsay was going to start to go find me, it seemed like the mom had to one-up her and did it before she could. And there's no, like, united front. And there's been different stories from even Dateline. Date, I think it was Dateline that said that she there was nothing about sleeping in the same bed. It said she checked on her at 530. And this whole Facebook page, oh, my gosh, like, the Facebook page <laughs> is, like, it's like a sorority. There, I mean, the emotion in these live videos is anyone can see through it. Um, and that is just a joke. You know, they've got this podcast or this, you know, lady on there named Jamie, like, controlling everything. It's not about Carly at all. It's about, mm-hmm. it's about Melissa and these fake peers. And it's just, it's just heartbreaking to see because the group has gone crazy. And, you know, here Lindsay is, she's the only one with sincere emotion that I've seen. You know, and I don't know these people. So, um, yeah, I just want to reach out, and I'm not the only one that feels this way. So there's plenty of people that have questions, more questions, and these groups are um, on Facebook just taking advantage, I think. Yeah, I agree. Do you know another parent or a soon-to-be parent and expecting mom or dad? Please don't give them another onesie or another toy that you know is going to end up in the garage or at the Goodwill. Give them something that matters. And what matters the most? Protecting your child. What do you love the most in the world? Your children. I do. And I will do anything to protect my twins. Go to crimestopshere.com. It is a five-part series with action information that you can use to change your life and protect your child's life. Payment starting at six ninety nine. Give that as a gift, not another onesie or a plastic toy. Give them something that matters. Find out how to protect your child out and about at the mall, at the store, at the grocery store, in the parking lot. 
at home. Find out about protection regarding babysitters and daycare, even online cyber security. Oh, yes, my children are online, and you better bet I'm doing everything within my power to protect them. Payments starting $6.99. I would much rather have that than yet another plastic baby doll or, God forbid, a toy gun. Just what I don't want. Join the Justice Nation. CrimeStopsHere.com. My name is Melissa Gousset. Um, if you're going to watch this video, please do not have the kids around. Carly Lane Gousset is missing still. She's been missing since. Breathe. She's been missing since 6.30 a.m. The last time that I spoke to her was 5.30. She didn't take her cell phone. We're coming up on 10 hours. And now is the part where I'm saying I have to do something because we've had CHP flyover, we've had the Inyo and County, Inyo and Mono County um, Sheriff's flying over, or oh, Bishop PD, or CHP flying over. They had their copter day. Thank you to CHP. Love you. And um, we are going to potentially have the helicopter did the search over a very large area. Shell fought all the way around us, all the way down to like laws. Welcome back. This is Crime Stories. I'm Nancy Grace. We are trying to find answers in the disappearance of a gorgeous young girl, Carly Gousset. And with me is her biological mom, Lindsay Fairley, who is begging for your help. Now, what you just heard is not Lindsay. What you just heard is Melissa Gousset, the stepmother, who we believe is the last person to have seen Carly before she disappears. Robin Walensky, what was that I was just listening to? Wow. <laughs> Do you have an Academy Award? Uh, that is the stepmother. <laughs> I, I, I think that that is so bogus and, and so fake. And she is definitely, uh, you know, I, I hate to point fingers, but wow, I, you can dissect every sentence of that. T to me, it's the talk about an acting job. There's so many different stories mm -hmm. out there. I think I think that the police really need to put her in a room and get the timeline exactly what the timeline is. Did she really pick her up at the party? Did she really sleep at the house? Was she really in the room at 5:30, 6:30? You know, what is the timeline of events? Because to me, that is really forced and really fake. Well, to Dr. Michelle Dupree right. joining me. Uh, South Carolina medical examiner, author of Homicide Investigation Field Guide. Dr. Dupree, I'm, I'm just in the space of a few minutes, there are so many inconsistencies with the stepmother story. However, before I throw a stone at that, there may be rational explanations. Uh, for one, okay, she said she was in bed with her. Then we hear, no, I just checked on her. I, I could rationalize that to think I went in to check on her, I lay down for a few moments, then I got up. Okay, there's a way to explain that inconsistency away. What I'm worried about, Dr. Michelle, is right now from a, an investigatory point, I'm sure 
that Joseph Scott Morgan is going to agree with me on this. There is a big difference between 5.30 a.m. and 6.30 a.m. if this little girl is out in her PJs in a desert climate in the early morning. The the elements can take a toll on a young girl dressed in her PJs. So, Joe Scott Morgan, isn't that true? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Nancy. And keep in mind, this time of year in the desert, uh, those temperatures begin to drop precipitously. People think of the desert, they think it's all hot, arid, that sort of thing. At nighttime, uh, those temperatures can get down really, really low. So, so that's it one of the reasons. Yeah, yeah, it does matter. You know, back to. Carly's mother, Lindsay Fairley. Lindsay, uh, p- police have put it out there, and various, well, let me just say various news outlets have put it out there, that Carly was last seen outside her home. And this is a very, you know, it's a low population, small census designated area. It's a few miles from the border with Nevada. So, let me, I, I don't understand the, either. I know the last time I saw the twins. Okay. I know exactly right. the last time I saw the twins. I know what they were wearing. I know my son didn't have a coat on and I wanted him to have a coat and I gave him a coat and he jumped out of the car without the coat. I know what they were carrying with them. <laughs> okay. I know what they had in their hands because I packed it myself. I know that. I know what their socks, their shoes, their underwear. I know the whole thing because I set it up for them. Okay. Now, I've got a big problem with, was she in bed at 530? Was it 630? Or was she standing out in front of the house? And where did this whole thing come up from about her being at some party and she was afraid? None of that is making sense to me, Lindsay. We can't do the investigation without a timeline. Right. Right. It's not making sense to me. And I wish I, the thing that was disturbing to me was after the fact, I went over to my daughter's residence nine hours after she had been missing. Um, the whole investigation was dirty from the start. Um, while I was there, Melissa played an eight minute audio of my daughter's behavior, which was rather calm on the audio. I don't really see what would cause you to video or audio tape someone's behavior if you're not in fact concerned about it. Like it but didn't why, make why sense. was she videoing Carly? She said that she was really paranoid when she had brought her home and Carly got into the car with her and said, Melissa, you're going to kill me. No, you're going to kill me. Now this is Melissa's side again. I didn't get any answers from her dad or answers from law enforcement on this. In fact, law enforcement walked through me like I was a ghost when I came there. I introduced myself as the biiological mother of Carly, and they walked right past me. I just find it hard to believe she would. um, Go ahead. Oh, no, they, they walked up to Melissa, and they said, there's one more thing we have to do at this house. And that is clear inside the house to make sure Carly's not, in fact, inside. I said, you've got to be kidding me. Nine hours after my daughter went missing and you guys are just now stepping in the house, you've let, I don't know how many people come in and walk in my daughter's room. I said, you guys didn't go in and treat it as a crime scene. I understand that. But 
You didn't see if there was any form of foul play involved. You didn't see if there was any pulled out hair follicles in her head. Like, you know, if there's trauma to the hair, like I want answers. Like nobody's treating this as anything other than a missing person at this point, which they never took a look inside the house. They never saw if there was a scuffle because at the eight minute audio at the end of that, there was a scuffle. And I said, Melissa, what happened at the end of the audio? And she specifically just walks away. It's going on 10 hours that she's been missing. And I want to put this on blast because I don't think she's out in the desert. I think that she could have been abducted or taken because we do live by a highway and it happens and I'm being real. And I just want to let everybody know, Alicia, you're calling me. Are you watching the video? She's not watching the video. That's okay. I want to put this on blast because I don't know what to do to consider her a missing person. Um, you can't do an Amber Alert because she didn't leave in a car and I don't have a physical description of a vehicle. Guys, you are hearing the stepmother, Melissa Gusey's blast on Facebook Live. She's stating that she believes her stepdaughter may have been abducted, but an Amber Alert is not possible because there's no physical description of a vehicle. We are talking about a beautiful young girl, Carly Gusey, who is missing. Tip line 760-932-7549. With me right now is Carly's mother, Lindsay Fairley. Lindsay, I want to talk to you about a claim that Lindsay's, excuse me, that Carly's footprints were found in the mountains. That, to me, is suspicious as well. Her dad was the one to have found them. And um, I, there's no confirmation. There's not even 100% confirmation that my daughter was even spotted. As far as I know, she was never seen leaving that house at all that morning. And all the tips that were coming in were going straight to Melissa's cell phone. And I said, how do you guys have all your neighbors have your cell phone if you just moved in here three months ago? How do, I mean, I don't, I don't meet my neighbors till I move out. <laughs> Let me go to I mean, Robin Walensky on this. With me, Robin Walensky, CrimeOnline.com, investigative reporter and author of Beautiful Life. Robin, what can you tell me about that? The, the footprints. That seems very odd. Yeah, it, it is extremely odd to me. It has nothing to do with the case. It sounds like somebody is trying to put something else out there to divert the police to something that could be completely bogus. Uh, I, I happen to uh, believe that it is possible that she never did leave the house in the morning, but who knows? Because if there's no videotape, if there's no security cameras on the exterior of this home or on neighboring homes, to me, if I was an investigator on this case, I would go door to door and say, have you seen this woman, the 16-year-old girl, and really look at video cameras in the town, house to house. Did she ever leave the home she was in? I don't know. There's so many inconsistencies in the story. Uh, it's hard to know what to believe. The footprints, though, I don't buy it. Well, I don't understand how out in the desert you can identify footprints. That's your bailiwick to Joseph Scott Morgan, professor of forensics at Jacksonville State University, death investigator and author of Blood Beneath My Feet. Joe Scott, I've done a lot of footprint cases, but not from desert sand um, by, by any 
any footprint, you're going to have to have a shoe tread. Period. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. You're right. It's a specific identifier, and I, I don't see how this, uh, you know, how this uh, person, the father, uh, who allegedly made the statement, can narrow this down to this little girl's feet. Uh, I don't see how that's possible. And how how would you know specifically to go to a, a particular area in order to identify these things? Uh, I'm I'm just I'm just very curious about this whole thing. Where's law enforcement in all of this? Why isn't this being locked down and they're talking about this thing as a crime scene uh, at this point? Because all of this, this time is precious. Physical evidence is precious. And right now, it seems like, uh, it seems like a, a three-ring circus at this point. Very, very frustrating. So back to Jen in mm-hmm. North Carolina, our caller, along with Bunny in South Korea. Jen, I still can't give you a timeline. Okay, all I can give you is like opening up a box of chocolate, just pick one. And that's that's way, way wrong, Jen, in North Carolina. We've got a possible 530 last time she's seen. Carly's seen in bed with stepmom. Then we've got a 630 last time she's seen in bed with stepmom. Then we have a last scene outside the front of the house to Lindsay Fairley. This is Carly's bio mom. Lindsay, who saw her in front of the house, allegedly? Nope. Nobody. Well, where Nobody did that, saw my daughter. Um, where did we get that story? There was a man supposedly sitting in his hot tub at 6.30 a.m., and he, he claims he saw a young girl walking by with a piece of paper. And I said, that a piece of paper? What would that have been, Melissa? You know, a suicide note, worst-case scenario? I'm trying to wrap my head around this, too. And she said, no, she was in a counseling um, group at her school, and she was really adamant about getting her counseling paper back. I said, on a Saturday morning, there's no school. Like, what, what's going on here? My ex-husband didn't call me until 9.30 a.m., supposedly three hours after my daughter's been seen. When I'm did sorry, they four first, hours. Four well, hours. I mean, let me understand what happened, say, at 5.30. Let's go with that story, that the stepmother was in bed with her at 5.30 a.m. Okay. Did the stepmother get up at 5.30 is, did she get up for the day at 5.30? Where did she go at 5.30? She told me that she woke up and noticed that Carly wasn't there and got up and started searching the house immediately. And that was all I got. And I did not like the fact that when Zach called me that morning within... 20 minutes, I called him back, you know, have you heard anything? Where, where do you think she would go? And he got really irate with me on the phone. And he's like, I've got to go. I just broke my truck. I've got to go. And I said, what do you mean you broke your truck? Where are you? And he hung up on me. And that was around 930-ish, 945-ish what before was, law enforcement uh, had been even contacted. What were Carly's relations with the stepmother and the father? How did they get along? And how often did you speak to her? Um, there were times my daughter would say, I hate Melissa. She drives me nuts. She's such a bitch, this, that, and the other. What teenager doesn't, you know, you know, they say that about step-parents all the time. I just pushed it off as a teen thing. Um, she was spoiled, but that doesn't mean they had a good relationship. Um, she just, she was bored all the time. You know, the, they move out of town about 14 miles, and she said, I'm bored. I have no friends out here. All my friends get to hang out in town, and I'm just bored all the time. 
So, so it sounds like typical The relationship team. part, yeah, yeah. The relationship part, I mean, I'm hearing more and more she didn't have a good relationship, but I, I mean, I wasn't physically there all the time, so I can't really pinpoint how it was. How often did you guys talk? We would talk all the time. She would text me, and she'd usually say, hey, Mom, and I'd be like, hey, Carly, or hey, daughter, you know, because it was just cute. Like, that's how we were, and and I just I miss her conversations and her little quirkiness, and I just want to find her, I honestly, and if I find out somebody hurt her or tortured her or put her through any pain, they're definitely going to see the wrath of God. I mean, I just, I don't know what to do. I just, I, I literally, I want to see her and touch her and smell her. I know that sounds crazy, but I miss her. And I just, I want answers. And I see the consistencies that you guys see. And her car, Melissa's car is now in an auto body shop. And I called investigators yesterday. I said, are you aware of this? Why is her car in the shop? Is she trying to get it detailed? Is she trying to get it repaired? I want answers on that too. I mean, I feel like I've been put in the closet and just, you'll be fed your meal in 10 hours when we're ready to give you any information. You know, that's how I feel. I'm not getting the answers either. And I just don't understand. Tomorrow, join us as we talk to the stepmother, Melissa Gousset, and the bio dad, Zachary. What happened? Where is Carly Gousset? Tip line 760-932-7549. Bring her home. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. 
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l e e s a dot com slash iHeart.